Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey there, beautiful, and welcome to another episode of the Swears and Does Hair podcast. It's time for another interview episode, and this time my guest is Carolee Pridemore of Carolee Styles, and we are talking about what it takes and what it means to be a brand ambassador in the beauty industry. But before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a second to invite you to join me inside my free masterclass, How to Book More Brides Without Spending Hours on Social Media each week. If you haven't listened to this training, you're definitely going to want to stop what you're doing. Go and sign up. It is completely free. All right. There is a couple of different options for when you can uh, join into the previously recorded training. I think you're going to get a lot of information from it and really transform how you view, how you market your business. Do you wish you could gain clarity on how to reach your dream brides online so you could know how to tailor your marketing strategies in a way that immediately makes them think, oh my God, I need to book this person. When it comes to social media, do you want to set yourself up for success by having a plan of action rather than just posting and praying your dream bride sees your message? Do you want to start attracting the right brides who don't try to haggle your prices and love the styles you're already creating? but aren't quite sure how to do that on your own? I'd love to invite you to join me inside my free training, How to Book More Brides Without Spending Hours on Social Media Each Week, where I tell you exactly how to do just that and book brides faster, easier, and with less effort. You can sign up for free at www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides and get access to all the tools you need to build and grow a powerfully successful bridal hair and makeup business without the gimmicks in as little as 90 days. I hope you're as excited about this training as I am, and I hope you're equally excited to get into today's episode with Kara Lee. So let's get to it. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kara Lee. I'm going to have you take a few moments to just kind of introduce yourself to the audience, let them know who you are, what you do. I'm Kara Lee, Kara Lee Styles on Instagram. I own a bridal hair business based out of Dayton, Ohio. Um, I travel all over to brides and do wedding hair, and I am also a business, I guess, um, what is it, CEO or owner or whatever <laughs> now um, with um, all of my bridal hair business. So Awesome. And you are a brand ambassador for a couple of different brands and you, you work with companies like Samvia. So we're going to be kind of chatting a little bit about that today and um, how you kind of picked up that branch of your business because I see you do a lot of work for Samvia and that's really cool. Very exciting. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of hairstylists see other people in that 
uh, that space. Mm-hmm. And we're all kind of like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. That's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. What is it really like? How do you get into it? All that kind of stuff. So we're going to be mm-hmm. chatting a little bit about that today. Perfect. So um, let's talk about you for a few moments first. Um, how long have you been doing hair? So I've been doing hair. I graduated high school with my cosmetology license in 2009. I started off at a mom and pop salon. I was assisting and doing all the fun salon stuff. So a lot of perms, (laughs) (laughs) Um, a lot of the hard stuff that you don't really want to do. And then um, from there, I ended up Uh, deciding that the salon wasn't necessarily for me. Um, Uh So I stepped out for a little while. And then in 2013, I ended up um, kind of just finding out that bridal hair existed and that I could go on site to do that. So about 2013 is when I started the bridal hair stuff. Gotcha. Now, um, do you still have a team of artists who work under you? I know you had kind of gone through a little bit of a rebranding a few months ago. Um, Do you still have a team or is it just solo now? Um, It is solo now. I do have the girls that were on my team hair related, not makeup, Uh and they still help me on site too. Gotcha. So they work more like second artists kind of things rather than you booking them out for their own stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So at what point in your career did you start becoming a brand ambassador for companies like Sambia and stuff like that? What what kind of brought about that shift? So Salon Centric actually had a contest years ago. I can't even remember when it was, but it was like, you know, the beginning stages of Instagram. Uh And I just so happened to end up in the top five for that. And it was just supposed to be like a year situation where, you know, I did it for a year, then they would see and renew my contract or whatever if if they wanted to continue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, again, I can't remember what year that was, but I think I've been doing it for about four years now. Um, So I really have a great partnership with Salon Centric and I love um, working with them. So they continue to... um, use me every year. And then that's like an ambassadorship. So basically I just promote products that they send to me. Um, and it's really great overall because, you know, as a stylist, you want to try new products. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Yeah. So it's really great because I, you know, I get to see firsthand if I like something or not. And then I kind of just share that with my audience. Um, I like to be pretty authentic about it. So if I Mm -hmm. don't like something, you know, I'm not going to promote the crap out of it, basically. I just, yeah. Um, yeah. But if I like something a lot, I'm obviously going to talk about it a lot. And then um, the then I started being an ambassador for Air Professional. Um, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of Jenny Straby. She had kind of noticed me, I think, through Salon Centric. Okay. Um, you'll, you'll notice the ripple effect here. <laughs> so yes. Yes. She, had, she had noticed me from... Um, yeah, from, from Salon Centric. And so when she started selling her products at Salon Centric, um, Mm -hmm. they sent me something and I obviously like was a huge fan of air. I don't know if you have used it at all, but it's. Yes, I am obsessed. Mm -hmm. I love it. I only wish, uh, that my Salon Centric locally, 
um, hadn't closed down because there was one that was five minutes from my cosmetology school, which I was super, super fortunate that my Paul Mitchell school was about 12 minutes from my house. Yeah. Um, and literally right across the street um, was a salon centric. And about six months after I graduated, that place closed. And then the other one that was closer to me also closed. They closed down so many stores around here in Northern yeah, Virginia. And bummer. Yeah. And now there's only one and it's about 40 minutes away. So um, every time I would go, it would be like six, $700 worth of stuff because I was only going like maybe every six weeks and I would just stock up. Um, but I, that's the only place I could get, um, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, the air. Like, yeah, that, but uh, uh, Redkin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, toner. Oh, my God. Why am I blanking? But um, oh, I shade. would go. Yeah. Shades. Yes. Thank yeah. you. God. That's okay. Somebody needs more coffee today. Um, So yeah, so I would go get shades and and it was like shades and air. Like that was, that was what I got because I sold it in my uh, salon to clients. Yeah. Um, Everybody was obsessed with the texture spray. They would, you know, text me or email me a day or two afterwards and they'd just be like, oh my God, what did you use in my hair when you styled it afterwards? Mm -hmm. Because it lasted forever and it smelled so good. Um, so I used to sell a ton of it. Yeah. Um, oh, it smells so good. Um, yeah, I love it. So I like how lightweight it is and everything like that. So anyway, I've I've been continuing to work with Air, and I um I really like their products, so it's easy to sell. Um, mm-hmm. and then I, he's you know, and in, in this industry, it's all about like you know how many different revenues can you make income from absolutely um, so yes yeah, so that's <laughs> the business side of the hair world um and so then i i don't really know a hundred percent what happened or transpired but i believe i was under the impression a little bit that maybe jenny had spoke highly of me to sambia the sambia mm-hmm. team and they had already been watching me a little bit and then if it wasn't Jenny on this podcast then then whoever it was like I'm very grateful um for whoever uh-huh. kind of pointed them in my direction and so they kind of started watching my stuff and felt that I was a really good fit for them um so Dana the uh CEO I believe is her title um uh-huh. she reached out to me and wanted to do a FaceTime interview and just kind of uh-huh if I would be a good fit and if it was something I wanted to do as well. Awesome. So that actually happened last November and okay. I was, I was at home. It's really funny. Cause like Sam Villas like was on my bucket list, right? Like to yes. just like meet him and I still haven't, but like just to meet him and, and everything else. Well, I had COVID last year. So I was like at home, um, taking oh, off work. Okay. Cause uh-huh. I was in an office and like they did my face, they wanted to do my FaceTime interview. And so Sam was supposed to be on the FaceTime. So I got like all ready. Like I was so yep. excited and he wasn't able to show up that day, <laughs> but it's okay. You know, I've obviously talked to him several times since then, but yeah, yeah, that was like, I was having a fangirl moment and then it brought me back down to reality. Like, okay, well, I'm, you know, it doesn't work out like we always intend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He is such a sweetheart. I think I've like 
met him super briefly at a hair show somewhere maybe at like ibs up in new york or maybe like the cosmoprof show here in dc or something i know that there was like at some point it was like like stand here shake their hand take a picture with them kind Mm -hmm. of thing and i'm like i'm pretty sure he was one of the ones that i met but never had an opportunity to have a conversation with him he just seems like such a cool guy He's so, yeah, and he's so inspirational. I mean, the mm-hmm. amount of knowledge that he has. And and I love his message, how he's like, I'm just the messenger, you know, and he mm-hmm. doesn't ever try to take a lot of credit for stuff. He just, he likes to educate. And, and I love that, especially trying to dip my toes into the educational world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can really respect that and admire it. Yeah. There's a reason he keeps winning, like, Educator of the Year. Cause, right. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. He's, he's super personable, too. Yes. So, um, so you a really, a lot of it all kind of sounds like it just kind of came down to taking a chance on that contest and getting out there and then getting noticed and then <laughs> building relationships with yeah. different people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I remember being in school and them kind of being like, sometimes in this business, it's not necessarily what you know, it's who you know. It's kind of a little like like Hollywood that way, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's about building relationships and building opportunities. I don't remember who it was, um, but they there was like some presentation or that whatnot that we had to listen to, and or maybe it was just a general Paul Mitchell thing, but it was like never say no. Yeah. Always say yes. Always say yes to opportunities because you never know where it's you, going to lead you. Exactly. And even if you – I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Even if you fail – like I, I actually don't think that people can really fail. I think everything is a lesson learned. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay, within reason. Like obviously yeah. – like, <laughs> I well, that method didn't work. Within reason. Like, you know, yeah. You're doing hard drugs or something. Like, okay. <laughs> that, that's probably a fail. That's a fail. But you know what I mean? In, in your career, I feel yeah. like very strongly that everything is a lesson learned. And if if you take it and you learn from it, then it is never a, fa- a failure. So, yeah. Yeah. I... Just- I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Because like exactly like you said, like if you – even if you fail, you learn something from it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a, well, shit, don't do that again. Yeah. yeah. Like that that didn't work out. But you're yeah. still learning and you're still growing. And I think too many people are afraid of trying things yeah. because they're afraid of failing um, mm-hmm. and then it not work out, you know, and then they think, well – okay, that failed. I can't do that. And it's like, well, you can do it again. Just don't do it the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody ever, you know, used shades EQ for the first time. And, and suddenly it was like the perfect tone. You know, we've all, we've all seen the formulas, but we all tweak it. You yeah. know, it's the same thing with doing updos or doing makeup. You know, you know, you get your hands in as many heads and, and as many faces as you can. And you try and you try and you try. Mm-hmm. And you, even if you're following somebody else's method or somebody else's instructions, it's, it's going to come out slightly different. And there's things that are going to work for you that don't work for other people and vice versa. And I think too yeah. many people are like, well, I'm, I took this class with this one person and it, it didn't look exactly the same. So it's a failure. Let me try and take a class with somebody else. And it's like, no, you just, you got, you got to try it again, but maybe next time rotate your wrist differently, you know, like just something different. You got to keep, got to keep trying. 
Yeah, exactly. So um, when you're working with these brands, do you, what kind of compensation, like, do you just get the tools and the products you get to keep? Do you get paid for doing these kinds of things? What's involved that side of the deal? Um, Yeah. So they ended up sending me like, so because I educate for them, um, Mm -hmm. obviously I can only use their tools, um, which Mm -hmm. works out (laughs) because... That's all I use anyway. Um, But they had sent me a whole bunch of things just based off of a checklist and kind of what I would be educating about. And then um, that way, you know, just have that product knowledge and then be Mm -hmm. able to share that with the audience uh, for those lives. So, yes, they did send me product. Um, I always like to say this, though, too, with anyone listening, even like my little nieces and stuff. I'm like, Uh you know, when you get products sent to you, you can see it as it's sent for free or it really nothing is ever free. Like my time yeah. is valuable and, exactly, yeah. you know, when setting those boundaries for yourself and everything, um, it, it's very important to know that like no matter what product you receive for free in quotations, you mm. have to work for that product. So exactly, um, yeah. there's still a value to it. And Yeah, so they sent me that, and then I just kind of learned about the tools, and obviously I use them at weddings, so the more I use them and everything, the more comfortable I get with them, and I know exactly how they work. Um, So, yeah, and then they just pay me per live. Um, So, yeah, and then I do that. It's based on quarters um, throughout the year, so then they Mm -hmm. just kind of decide how they want to – or how many times they want to use me, and then, uh-huh. yeah. Just, so. That's cool. Like, About how often do you usually do them? Do you get to say, okay, um, I have the time or I'm willing to do X number per quarter, or do mm-hmm. they say, we want you to do seven this quarter, and that's what yeah. you, you have to do? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. So I just kind of send them my dates and my availability, uh-huh. and then they kind of get back with me and let me know, hey, we want you this week, or we want you next month, or whatever. So it's nice to just have that as an option, too, because then you can plan ahead. Like, obviously, it's very flexible, and I can uh-huh. get a babysitter and all that stuff, so. Perfect. So do you just do with Samvia primarily now or do you still do stuff with salon centric where they send you different brands or do you have to kind of like find the brands and build it yourself a little bit more now? So um, I do have to, I would say I have to seek it out just a little bit more now. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of comes down to the connection, but I ended up meeting a really sweet girl, um, Ashley through the Sambia team and she works for Aquage. I think she's the head director or something like that for Rusk products. So Mm -hmm. um, she ended up reaching out and asking me to do a campaign for, for Aquage as well. So then I just did a behind the chair live for Aquage. um, And then that is also something that's paid. And then they send you the products to kind of get to know as well. Um, Again, that was, kind of easy too, just because I had used a quash back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of just, to be honest, I stopped using it just cause I shop at salon centric primarily. And yeah. like you were saying with distance and things like that. So, um, 
obviously salon centric and I have a close relationship. So I always like go over there. <laughs> and so yeah. I don't really go to Cosmoprof that much anymore. And um, anyway, there's, it's, you know, how that world is. And so mm-hmm. I just ended up, yeah, really liking the Aquash products again when she sent them to me. So it was easy to, to talk about that and promote it. Um, again, that just kind of comes back to being authentic and kind of knowing about the products and what you're doing and how they work with the hair. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, with all of the things that I'm doing, um, there's a lot of flexibility. I'm not under like a really strict contract with any certain company, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a a certain amount of times that you have to post in a month, uh, certain content that you have to post, certain hashtags you have to use for sponsored content. Um, but overall, it's very flexible. And I love that about just anything with influencing. But uh, coming back to the authenticity, like you don't want to be dipping your toes in every single thing that comes your way because then, you know, it's it's not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I not think gonna, I'm not going to promote a fit like – I'm not going to promote a, some kind of protein shake or something on my yeah. page. Like I'm not working out. I do hair. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it kind of starts to break down that integrity too. you mm-hmm. know, like there's definitely people like celebrities and stuff that I've <laughs> followed, um, you know, just because they're a celebrity and, uh, and I like them and I like their personality and I want to know more about their life and their kids and their spouse and whatever you know and then they'll be like and I started a blog and like every single story or post they're like hawking some new product and they're like I use this skincare every day and like this Mm -hmm. this hair and I'm like bullshit no fucking way you just were talking about xyz skincare line last month like your face looks that way because you go get professional facials (laughs) and you are gorgeous you know like stop stop blowing smoke up my ass um and then you know but a lot of other influencers they'll just they'll literally take any brand deal that they can kind of get their hands on yeah and even some people in the hair world like every time I turn around they're they're promoting some new brand and they're like now I'm working with this brand and I love this so much and blah blah it's like well, what happened to the brand that you were talking about last week? Did Mm -hmm. they suck? Were you lying to me then? So why should I trust what you're talking about now? So I think um, if you really want to be successful in the influencer side of the industry, you kind of really have to find brands that you really do love and want to promote and then stick with them and yeah. stick with them for a while or else, you know, people just, they aren't going to believe you anymore. And they're going to be like, yeah, whatever. How much are you getting paid to say that mm-hmm. um, versus, oh, this is what she uses and this is what she loves. And this is what really actually gets her results. I yeah. should try that too. Yes. So I think, yeah, I think you nailed it on right there on the head. But to be, but to like, okay, but to be fair, there are so many products that there I are. absolutely love. Like, there are, so, yes, I get that. It's so hard. And I think that's just even just being in this industry, like, there's a ton of products that I'm like, okay, well, there's definitely a use for that in a specific situation too. Yes. And the more classes I take, the more exposure to different things where I'm like, Oh, I love, you know, uh, now I've started using a lot of the OSIS products and I Mm -hmm. love them because so many people talk about them. And I was like, I was always a Kendra girl. 
mm-hmm. like Kenra, 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 always. Um, and I started to branch out and started to use a little bit more Moroccan oil because it was hard to get my hands on some Kenra products and they discontinued mm-hmm. some things. And then now I've started using some of the Osis products and I'm like, oh, I really like these. So I think it's fine to have like a mix of like a few different brands and stuff like that. As yeah. long as you're not like just totally jumping around and you're yeah. totally like, all I use is Osis. And then three weeks later, all I use is Moroccan right. oil. Yeah, like, absolutely. Okay, that's paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. um, so how has all of this kind of worked um, with your wedding industry? Like the, that side of your business, has the exposure, you know, impacted it? Does it make it easier to book brides or do they not really care? They're like, oh, whatever. You know, she works for Sambia. Who the hell is he? It's so funny you said that because like there's something about the hair world. It is literally uh-huh. the hair world. Like there's not if you just talked to my best friend, she's like, What? I don't know who that is. Like yeah. I don't <laughs> care. It's like because it's so specific to our career and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, us, like we think it's a huge deal to meet Sambia. My best friend probably wouldn't know who he is, you know, to to Adam. So Exactly. Yeah. It's it all is perspective, I think, and uh-huh. um, obviously in her career, someone else is a big guru, and I'm sure she would probably want to meet someone else. So I I think it's, yeah, I think a lot of brides feel very similar. I think that mm-hmm. they just want a good hairstylist. I don't yeah. think that they necessarily care about all the other stuff. Um, I do, obviously, as I've gotten more of a following, brides will ask me funny questions like, are you getting stuff for free? Like, you know, how does that work? And uh-huh. and um, I think it's funny that they're interested. So I, I have no problem answering those questions and it doesn't like offend me or anything. I like to talk about it. I think it's, we live in such a cool age where this is even possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll always just respect that and just be happy about that. I think it's so cool. Um, and I'm going to do it for as long as I can. Uh Um, and I was actually, I just talked to someone about that the other day, like getting older in this industry because it's the beauty industry is, you know, what does that look like and how does age play a factor and how many years do you have, you know? Um, so that's all stuff that I'm kind of looking at right now for the future, but not to get too deep because that's, yeah. that's a little deeper, but, um, you know, yeah. So I think brides just book me based on my work and they see that I have a, a huge portfolio of work mm-hmm. on my website and on my Instagram. So that's primarily why they're, they're booking me. Um, yeah. <laughs> if anyone ever brings up like, that I have any kind of followers or anything at a wedding, I'm, I it honestly just is like, please don't like it. Just yeah. makes, <laughs> it makes me cringe because I'm just like, oh my god, the pressure. Like I just, I don't, I'm, I'm just me. I'm really yeah. just me. Yeah, and that's why the people the book you. You know, like yeah. a, a few years ago, I got an opportunity to work um, to do a, a show uh, up in New York for Bridal Fashion Week. Yeah. Um, doing hair. And I thought it was like, you know, it's going to be this great thing and it was going to be so cool. And all these brides mm-hmm. are going to be like, oh my God, my hairstylist, she did bridal fashion. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like Nobody cares. It, it literally became the tiniest little blip. 
And yeah. it was a fun, amazing experience for me. And I met some amazing other hairstylists and makeup artists that I've continued to be good friends with on social media for the last, you know, I think it was like 2018 or something that I did mm-hmm. that. So, you know, it's been almost four years now. And um, it was cool for me. And yeah, I get to have pictures of me, you know, behind the scenes of, you know, working on models and stuff like that before they hit the runway and and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I can point to that. I can point to a picture of the model walking down the runway where it's like, I did her hair, but it's not like nobody would ever look at that photo and be like, I want the hair that you did for that girl on the runway. Because (laughs) like with fashion and runway, it is not what you do on a wedding day. Yeah, no, the, the, the hairstylist was like, okay, you know, I want her in like a, like a ballerina bun. And then she's like, but I want her to look like she, she went to a party the night before with her hair done and then slept in it. And I was like, excuse me, what the fuck? And she was like, you know, and then I did it. And I like, I thought I kind of made it, you know, a little more soft or whatever. And she's like, oh, it's beautiful now mess it up. And I was like, no, please don't make me mess this up. This looks nice. And she was like, no, you need to like run your hands. And like, literally I had to get my hands and run my hands over it and kind of like mess it up and pull it out a little bit. And I was just like, oh my God. And then every time she came back to like change her dress and stuff like that, I wanted to like put pins and smooth and, you know, like things you do for a real wedding. And she was just like, no, stop touching it. Like it's supposed to look messy Messy. and Mm -hmm. I was just like oh for fuck's sake like I I hate fashion (laughs) like it really like spoke to me about like why I don't work in fashion anymore why I don't do you know because I started out as a makeup artist and I used to do a lot of avant-garde and 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 commercial stuff and things like that and I was like that's why I don't work in this industry anymore I'd rather work Mm -hmm. with real brides where people can come to me and be like you know, this is what I actually want. Actually make it pretty, please. And I'm like, okay, I can make things look pretty. I I can't make things fashion. Yeah. Like that whole thing. It's like, oh, but make it fashion. I'm like, no, fuck no. Fashion's ugly. That's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There is, there's definitely people who are driven to that. Even like the Naha looks and stuff that are so talented. I'm just like, yeah, I'm blown away. I don't have the freaking patience for that. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? I would like, lo- I mean, it looks like it would be easy when you see it, but then when you oh, realize yeah. how tedious that work is, it's like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. A lot um, of it. I'm just like, I just, I don't have it in me to do these non-traditional things. My brain yeah. is just like, but nobody would actually wear that. And it's like, but you're not getting paid to do something that somebody mm-hmm. would actually wear. You're getting create paid to create art and I'm like but I don't want to make art I want to make pretty (laughs) I want to make people I want to make pretty people I will say to come back to the point about um I guess all of those those extra things if if they would make a difference with brides and stuff Mm -hmm. um not as far as booking goes but I would say with how much you can charge as a stylist um Mm -hmm. obviously if you're just starting out you're not going to charge an absurd amount of money for a bride if you don't have the credentials to back you up. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like in any career, obviously. So I do see all of these things as an important win each time that it happens because like, I don't want to downplay it. Right. Cause like, I, I appreciate so much of everything that has happened to me. And I do think that it's led me to the point where I can comfortably charge a certain amount. And then obviously if a bride would question it or anything like that, usually 
they're not the bride for me if that's the case. But, um, you know, if they were, I have a very, I feel confident enough to back up my pricing. Like, Uh hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. This is where I'm at in my career. This is how many years I've been doing it. Um, And, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to pull up different articles and things like that with, like, behind-the-scenes stuff um, Uh that I've done just for Modern Salon. And and I can't even believe I left out Modern Salon. But, like, yeah, Yeah. doing their Artist Connective and stuff like that. So – all of that does play a part at the end of the day. Um, so yeah. if you are a stylist out there, like trying to get in with these companies, like just build those relationships and work your butt off. Like yeah. the talent, if the talent's there, then just form those relationships and keep being persistent about it and consistent and you'll be able to make those connections and get in, you know? Yeah. It's like you never you never really know who it is that you're talking to and who they're going to become as well. Yeah. Like yeah. uh I have a, a friend who I you know, I'm here in Northern Virginia and I met this guy and he was a photographer. Um and he was kind of like just out of college. This was a, a long, long time ago. Um mm-hmm. and he and I became friends. We worked on shoots together and stuff like that. And then eventually he left and he moved to New York city mm-hmm. and uh, he started working for um, some different fashion houses and things like that and, and shooting their collections and some modeling agencies and things like that. And he kind of found his niche working with people on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, now this is not necessarily like hair and whatnot related, but he, I came up to New York city and I, I go several times a year and sometimes we have an opportunity to work together. And I was talking about wanting to go take my son to see, uh, Charlie, the chocolate factory back when it was on Broadway. And mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, if you go, he goes, let me know. I can get you backstage. Oh, cool. and I was like, yeah. what? And he was like, yeah, he goes, Oh, you know, one of my friends is on the cast and she can get you backstage after the show. So when I went, you know, I was able to go and take my kids and we were able to stand there on the stage. And my, my 15 year old wants to be a professional actor uh, when he grows up and he's very big into dance and he's, he's danced since he was like seven or eight years old. So he, half of his life, he's been at a dance studio, you know, seven hours a week trying to you know turn this into something later on when he grows up and for him to be able to kind of just stand there on that stage and look out and he was just like oh my god he's like mom I want to do this someday like that was what solidified for him where he was like no I want to be an actor I want to hear the people cheer for me at the end yeah it was the coolest thing and I was like you know if I had just looked at him and been like you know, my friend John and been like, oh, well, he's just some college guy, Mm -hmm. you know, who is he going to be? It's like, it took years down the road, but I was presented with this amazing opportunity for my kid. And so it's like, you never know who you're going to meet at a hair show and where that relationship Mm -hmm. is going to go and what opportunity could come, you know, a few years down the line. So I think, um, you know, going back to what we've been talking about this whole time is just building those opportunities and building those relationships and remembering, like, just because you meet somebody where they are in their career right now doesn't mean that's where they're going to stay. Yeah. Um, And and just being open. So pick. Yes. 
So um, I think that, you know, the fact that, you know, you can point back to being like, okay, here's where it started and here's how I built these relationships. I think that's an important part for a lot of people to remember that mm -hmm. it's not just, hey, I'm going to post on social media and they'll notice me if I tag them enough times and they'll come to me. And it's like, well, that's not really kind of how the industry works. It's really about building relationships and then you know, looking for the opportunities in the relationships rather than coming at them with an ask. Yeah, for sure. So what side of the industry do you like more? Do you like weddings or do you like working with brands and educating? Do you have a, a preference between the two? Um, right now, I definitely am trying to educate more. Uh, mm -hmm. I really like educating. It's obviously way more flexible as far mm -hmm. as that goes. But I, I really love wedding hair. I, <laughs> you know, I've been doing it for a while now and I'm just like, I'm still not burnt out. Like I still love it. Uh, specifically now that I'm not working at a desk job, like I worked as a secretary for 40 hours a week. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know this, but the audience, uh, just for 10 years. So I did that. Um, when I wasn't really doing hair and that's kind of what led me to bridal hair because I still wanted to do bridal hair. So I would do that trial runs on nights and then the bridal hair stuff on weekends. So basically mm -hmm. I was just working nonstop. Um, and I didn't appreciate it as much as I do this year because then after my son was born in March, we kind of made the hard decision that I wasn't going to go back to work, um, but uh -huh. that I would continue to just run my business because that's my baby. And he, yeah, I just, I'm so thankful for a husband, obviously, that's like cool with this decision <laughs> and uh -huh. that I'm able to just really focus on my brides a hundred percent right now. And even just going into 2022, it just looks so different because I have all this extra energy and time to put into it. So it's really fun and exciting. And <laughs> so yeah. I'm really, yeah, so I'm really loving that part of it right now, honestly. And I really love educating and I feel like it kind of just goes hand in hand. Uh -huh. So yeah, so it's, it's the best of both worlds. I get to eat, have my cake and eat it too. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, that's interesting that, you know, like, like, um, cause I was going to ask, you know, how has, has motherhood impacted, uh, your business, but you kind of just went right ahead and went right into it. So yeah, yeah perfect segue, you know, well, uh, cause you're home all day, like with your babies, it's, it's, I mean, he's, he's nine months right now, but like that postpartum depression was really hard at first. And yeah. then, you know, it kind of led up obviously. And now, I'm just, I love it. And then I'm uh -huh. craving that like Saturday wedding to just drive and go yeah, just get the hell out of the house. <laughs> and yeah. And then talking with people and just, you know, it is so, it's so fun. It really yeah. is. I always go through that like little depression phase in like December, January, February. Mm -hmm. I feel like where I'm just, I'm not getting out of the house. I was just talking with my husband the other night and I was just like, I'm so sick and tired of this house. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like, you know, because my husband and I both work from home yeah. full time. And so, you know, he's in his office. I'm down in my office or in my studio, you know, either working on education stuff or, or, or content or working with clients, yeah, things like that. And I'm just like, man, 
Like I, I miss the days sometimes of, you know, this is like 15 years ago when I had a, a real, uh, not a real job, but like a, it, an office job, I should mm-hmm. say, um, yeah. or an outside of the house job. And yeah. I got up, I got ready for work and I went to work every day, worked it, you know, around other people and then came home. And I, I feel like some days working from home all of the time, I miss a little bit of that. So I, I have a tendency to go shopping. I'm like, I'm going to Target. I just need to get the fuck out of this house. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm sick and tired of listening to you on the phone, yes. in your office, talking to people or the cat or the dog or the whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and in the winter time when I don't get out and see brides every single weekend, I get. I get a little bit of that almost like postpartum depression where I'm just like, oh, it's like my my seasonal depression of mm-hmm. non-bridal season. It has nothing to do with the winter or the days or anything like that. It's just I it's I don't see enough other people. <laughs> yeah, I 100 percent agree. I actually this is the first year where. I've been, I booked up for January and uh-huh. I actually ended up taking off February. Um, and I, I'm going to try to hopefully do like a workshop, maybe like a two day workshop. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And then March and April are slower, but I was really excited to look at my calendar for January and be like, oh, I have like four weddings in January. I'm yeah. so excited about that. So that's awesome. Are there a lot of weddings usually in Ohio in January? Uh, it's, you know, I don't know. I think Virginia and Ohio are very similar when it comes to weather, but yeah, I mean, it's usually colder. I think with COVID, um, brides like rescheduled and got like the best date that they could. Yeah. So I think it's some of that is just like some COVID. I have one COVID bride. I know that. And then, um, a couple others that just are doing it in the winter, just, I think, cause it's cheaper maybe or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, COVID's yeah. really messed with a lot of like the the reliability of like when things are going to happen cuz you know, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for about 15 years now and so it's like okay, from this month to myth- this month, you know, is when these things kind of usually happen and then mm-hmm. this usually happens in this month and it's like I have these cycles that I've gone through for the last 15 years that I can depend on. And like the last two years, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we could be doing this. We could be doing that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Usually in November and December, I don't work nearly as many weddings and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I maybe have like one in November, one in December One in January. I usually don't do anything in February. And then I'll start to get back busy again in um, March. And November, I had a bunch of weddings. I've had weddings almost every single weekend in December. The only weekend I don't is Christmas because it's Christmas. But I have one the 4th, the 11th, the 18th, and the 31st. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like, whoa. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm loving it because I'm I'm tired of, of being in this house all the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, in January, my husband and I are taking a cruise because I'm like, yeah, uh, so I need to get out. I need to go do some other things. <laughs> I need to get away from our children. I love yes. them, but I need a break. Yeah. Um, school has not been quite enough of a break because they were home here in Virginia. Uh, the, the kids were home all of oh. all of COVID. So they went for a year and a half of not being in a school. Okay. So my, my younger one, 
left school halfway through fifth grade and then went back into a school for the first time as a seventh grader. Mm. So it was like he's suddenly in the middle of middle school, whereas he was at an elementary school before. So it was just, it was a really weird time. And as much as I love my children, I was just like, I don't want to hear your voice anymore. Mm-hmm. No speaky talkie became like a big <laughs> thing in our house. I was just yeah. like, no, 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 no speaky talkie. Yeah. You know, mommy can't hear like, Mommy can't hear this anymore. Go in your room. You and have, was, how many kids do you have? I just have two. I have two okay. boys. That's right. Yeah. And they're middle school and high school. So they're, they're older. So thankfully they didn't need like hands on mm-hmm. for me. Oh God. My heart goes out to all the parents who like had to actually sit there and log their kids in and oh do those kinds gosh. of things. I was like, okay, you have the, you know, the playroom where we put a desk in there. You can go in there. The high schooler was like, okay, you go in your room on your bed. Cause you live in there anyways. It's your little cave. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was easier, but they were just always around and, uh, it kind of got a little boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need, I need different things. So I was, I was thankful that at least the last several months I've been crazy busy where I've been able to get out of the house, um, more frequently and work with brides and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. because, because I just, I get out, I get away. It, I know. Like, I've less, been doing less that. money I spend. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. We've so. been talking about going on a vacation too in February because I'm just like, we need to get out of this. <laughs> yeah. House or just take time to do something. Yeah. My husband and I had started to like travel uh, once a month, just the two of us to go away for a long weekend somewhere. And then mm-hmm. COVID hit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's been like almost two years of like our kids always around. And my mother-in-law has lived with us since April. And I, I absolutely adore her. I love her. And she, she travels a lot. So she'll like go and she'll be gone for like six or eight weeks. And then she comes back and she's home for a couple of weeks. And then she goes and she travels again because she's uh, retired. And so now that the world is kind of opened back up again and she can, she's going and like seeing family and friends that she couldn't see for the last year and a half, two years or whatever. So I'm like, it is our turn. We need to go somewhere. Leave the kids with mom and we're going to go. And so we're, yeah, we're going to do a a little cruise because I need some one-on-one time with my husband again. Absolutely. I'm sure you're probably know exactly what that's like, you know, having a nine month old and being like, wait a second, it used to just be us. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. I, this stage is really fun right now. So I'm like living the dream I feel like, but yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely hasn't, hasn't been easy the whole time, but first time parents, you know, <laughs> yes. it gets easier and then harder in different ways. Like as yeah. you keep going through all the little seasons of life and, and changes and as they, as they grow, it's like, just as things start to get easier and you like get it all figured out, they kind of change a little bit and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Now we're doing this. Yeah. Good to know. And then you figure it out and then. I feel like it gets a little easier with each kid, yeah. Uh, too, because you're like, oh, I remember this. They like to do that. Okay, I don't freak out. Like the first kid, you're like boiling everything and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's like the second kid comes around, they spit out a pacifier, and he's like, pick it up. You like lick it off and stick it back in their mouth, and you're just like, yeah, yeah whatever. We're just building the immune system. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, are you going to be, you're talking about like doing like a two day workshop. That's really cool. Are you, is that something that you're going to do there in Ohio? Are you looking to travel? What's uh, that going to look like for you? 
Well, probably because of the babysitter situation and all that. Mm -hmm. I'll probably just stay close by, um, maybe do one and see how that goes and then maybe branch out uh, later on in the year. I might see like about the surrounding cities like Columbus or Cincinnati and see if there's a salon that would want to host something like that. I Yeah, so and then obviously you have to put like a – a number on that because you can only mm-hmm. each person that educates you can only have so many I guess hands on uh, when it comes to that but yeah I have been doing a couple classes and in person and stuff and I really enjoy doing it I love like the aha moments like when mm-hmm. I when I get to the end of a style and I'm like see how this all comes full circle and and. Yeah, so I really enjoy that, and so I would love to do something like that. But it's definitely not set in stone, and I'm still kind of looking for a host salon and then to figure uh-huh. out dates and all that. But Yeah, I'm getting ready to to do – my first one of those uh, with somebody else. They're going to be they're going to be teaching the hairstyle side of things, and then I'm going to do like a 90 minute uh, like business focused like discussion, like like an hour or whatever, where I talk about like, okay, here's the other half of things. Here's business, and here's you know opportunities and how to build your business and things like that, and then do like a little 30 minute Q and A kind of thing, and it's like. You think it's just like, oh, you find a salon and they'll come and they'll, you know, you do the thing and then you sell the tickets and whatever. And it's a lot more involved. It so, is. It's really involved. Yeah. I'm just traveling and taking a whole day to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot more than what people probably think that it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, they look at it and be like, wow, wouldn't it be nice to just go and, you know, talk to a room full of people and charge, you know couple hundred dollars and all you do is you stand up there and you just demo right. it. it's like no 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 no, no like with, lot, lot with, yeah, with, yeah. with a wedding you know it's like you don't just go there and play with hair you know as a business owner how much work and how much stuff there is behind the scenes it's like oh, for yeah. every aspect of you know this industry and I'm sure when it comes to creating content and videos and doing lives and stuff like that for the brands there's a lot of work that goes into it you know Mm -hmm. like you said earlier it's not like oh they just send you the stuff and all you get free stuff for it it's like yeah it's still got to work for it there's there's still stuff that you gotta that you gotta do so yeah um, I always have like (laughs) Oh my gosh, I have so many emails between brides and sometimes I just want to be like, okay, well, even if you're an easy bride and quotations, mm-hmm. we're still going to have like 30 emails back and forth between exactly. each other. So it's just people obviously don't understand sometimes what goes into it. I am excited because I just ordered a pivot point mannequin that's textured hair. Um, So I'm looking forward to like bringing that stuff into my, Uh bringing those kind of styles into my page because I've, I primarily focus on blonde hair because that's my, it is my favorite. I love blonde Uh hair. I'm 
partial to blondes. It's because their hair's damaged usually and I can get it yes. whatever <laughs> I want it to do. We think um, it's because of the color. It's because of the damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not all my blondes are damaged, but I prefer yeah. damaged blondes if we're being yeah. honest because I can get that hair to do exactly what I want it to yeah, do. It's, it's like pipe cleaners at that point. You're like, I want you to stay right here. And the hair's it's like, so I'm not going good. anywhere. I'm not silky. <laughs> It's so good. Um, so yeah, I always, I'm always like, that's why I always post blondes on my page (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. um, there's no hiding it, but obviously I am excited to bring just a little bit more diversity into my page and see how that goes. And then honestly, people will be learning with me too, because I'm going to be learning different things too from it. So Yeah. And I think that's really amazing that you're doing that because there is such a lack of um, diversity in Mm -hmm. uh, education Mm -hmm. on, you know, different textures of hair in general, but Mm -hmm. very specifically within the bridal industry. Mm -hmm. Everybody basically has the blonde doll heads Mm -hmm. and I feel like, okay, that's really nice to kind of like practice on, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of a firm believer of it really doesn't do that much for you mm-hmm. for real world experience because yeah. humans don't have the same, it, it could be human hair on the doll head, but their human head and a doll head are, are two very different animals and yes. you have to know how to work with growth patterns and different textures and densities of hair and all these other things. And so I think that it's really amazing that you're going to be shifting um, and focusing on stuff that's not just, you know, the yeah. Ingrid blonde doll everybody uses. And I'm, I yeah. don't know, maybe it's just well, because of... Sorry. No, maybe it's just because of COVID and like everybody was locked in the house, but I'm like, I'm really sick of seeing pictures of of doll heads. Yeah, (laughs) I am too. Yeah, I am. Well, and, and you know, with, I I would do hair on myself every day if I could, but Uh I just think that, um, I do think that I've, I feel the same way that you do. I, I, all I see are blonde haired dolls now online and I'm like, you know, on Instagram or any social media app, it's what sets you apart that makes you stand out. So, um, you know, now I feel like I'm kind of just one of many people, many Mm -hmm. stylists doing it. So I gave away my secret now. So Uh anyone's listening here, there you go. That's okay. They're not you. They're they're not you and they could copy, they could copy anything they wanted, but you know, who you are are as an educator is what sets you apart, you know, but I think definitely being able to feature more diversity will Uh just be such a breath of fresh air. Um, You know, not that there's, you know, not that I'm like shitting on anybody who uses the blonde doll heads. Oh, I I know. Like, you know, we we can't work on other people all the time. And, you know, for people who are content creating and and constantly putting this stuff out there, you got to use what you got to work with. But um, I I love that you are looking into and, and bringing in other opportunities because it's like okay this is this is what we all need to see um that there isn't there's more than one type of hair out there too yeah for sure yeah um so what's the what's the coolest perk of getting to work with um these brands like 
Is it the opportunities that they bring? Is it the cool products? Is it the tools? Is it the money? Is it the, you know, the people that you get to meet? What is, what do you, what's your favorite part of, of getting to become a brand ambassador? Um, all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) Literally it's a whole package in itself. It's so, it's so great. And, and like I said, with just making the connections, it's like the friendships out of it. Mm -hmm. Like obviously at the end of the day, business is business, but I mean, you do make friendships and it can just be, I don't know. It's just really fun. It's fun to be like, oh, I do this for (laughs) a living. Like I was talking to a financial guy the other day and, and I was just explaining to him about some of the stuff I do. And he's like, oh, wow, like you are successful. And I was like, well, you know, I don't, I guess I don't view it like that. Like, I don't, I always just want to strive to be better, right? Like, uh-huh. isn't that how everyone is? Like, it's like you reach yeah. this milestone and you want to keep going. That's just human nature. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, hearing him say that, I was like, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but I want to keep being more successful, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, Um, yeah, I think it's, it's just everything. It's all wrapped in one and it's really cool because you do learn what you like and what you dislike. So yeah, um, you can kind of just, it might take a little bit longer for some things, but Uh yeah, I think it's really fun. I'm interested to see where hair shows are going to go in the future. Me too. Um, Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm not sure. Like, um, I haven't heard anything about IBS mm-hmm. in New York. And I'm, I, you know, had gone every single year for, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 12 years straight or something like that. And so in March 2020, uh, they canceled everything literally the day before. Mm-hmm. And so um, I am friends with Candy Shaw on um, Facebook. We met at one of her classes several years ago. And not that she would probably even recognize my name. It was kind of one of those things where it's like you become Facebook friends and you're like, how am I friends with this person? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, she, she had posted about how she had literally got off the plane and was in the cab, like heading to her hotel. Yeah. Um, and she got the notification that the show had been canceled the following day. And so she just told the cab, she was just like, turn around, just take me right back to the airport. She called her husband. She's like, well, what's for dinner? You know, I'm coming home. Uh Uh, And then it's been like radio silence on IBS ever since. So they didn't come back last year. I haven't heard anything about this year. Uh, Then the Cosmoprof uh, Mid-Atlantic show, which is in D.C. every year, um, that was canceled for 2020. They didn't do anything in 2021. Again, I haven't heard anything because it's usually in the spring. So I'm kind of just like, are we not doing that anymore? But then I think Premier Orlando just happened in October, I want to say. So they've gotten back into it. And I don't know if anybody else is really going to to follow suit um behind the chair their big awards and and hair show and stuff like that i think they still just did virtual last year uh did they do anything Um, in person last year they did in person Um, okay the way i understood it though it was like obviously people are still figuring out stuff and like how they Mm want to proceed with covid stuff so my understanding was that when you got there, you still had to stand in line to get 
Testa. Like, okay, you could even go in. I don't know if that was every day before every show, but I felt like, you know, as someone who's going to go to a show, I would want to know something like that prior to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's say you get there, you spend all that money, and then you do test positive right before. Like, yeah. Okay, Are they I rapid stuck? testing everybody? Because those, those, that's expensive, first of all. That Second, or I don't know if they, if they had to just like maybe show their test. Um, yeah, I, I that's know. awkward. Yeah. Or like, because it's, you know, the whole temperature thing, that's completely inaccurate. Not everybody even yeah. gets a fever. So it's like, that right. can't be a good indicator. And it just feels like it would be very laborious and, and expensive to rapid yeah. test everybody. Because it's not like, and it's an immediate result anyways. You still have to wait for the results to come through. And yeah. Potential for false positive. Like, I don't know. I'm just so. kind of wondering at what point we're going to get. I mean, we're almost two years into this thing now. Like, yeah. I'm kind of just wondering at what point everyone's going to just say, okay, like, it's, I mean, it's obviously here to stay. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the risk. And is it going to become a, a common cold, you know, and it, yeah. or the flu, and it affects people differently you know some people yeah. differently which is awful nonetheless but um yeah I'm just kind of wondering where that will go and not to go off on that whole COVID tangent it's just that affects yeah. our world <laughs> so yeah, it affects our world very deeply yeah you know, not just the day-to-day in-person type of things but also the industry as a whole and like hair shows and education Mm -hmm. and things like that because it's like I I miss I really really miss the hair shows those were always Mm -hmm. like the highlight of my spring was Mm -hmm. going up to New York every March and you know spending a couple of days in the city and going to IBS for two or three days and then you know going back for the makeup show in May they I know the makeup show is happening in New York City again and they're doing their tour I think they do like Chicago and LA yeah a couple of other places so they're at least getting back um it'll be interesting to see what procedures they put in place um I believe that they require that everybody who's attending has to show vaccination. So Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if hair shows are going to go that way. I feel like so many people are so divided on it. But it's still still interesting to me about that because you can – right? Like we have the data, right? So like we know that you can still – spread it being vaccinated so to me it's like why is that a free pass in a way I get it I I get it so I think everyone's navigating this right so that's my whole point yeah and it's like well where are they gonna what are we gonna do you're gonna have to show vaccination status then show that you have your negative test like it just is a lot of work To yeah. get to educate, so exactly, or to, or to see education. Yeah, and I and I wonder if a lot of it comes down to liability and insurance mm-hmm. because to host sure. these big events and stuff like that, you have to be insured, you mm-hmm. know. And then the place where you're hosting it is going to have their own insurance, and different insurance companies are going to have their own you know, qualifications and be like, okay, well, if you don't put these procedures in place, then we're not going to 
cover you. We're not going to insure you. And if somebody gets sick and they sue you, you're fucked, you know? So For sure. it's like, you know, it, it, it's a trickle down effect kind of thing. It's like, how far down is this going to go? And how much is this going to change our world? Um, but I really hope they have the opportunity to get back to doing more in-person education. Cause I feel like I, I get so much from those events. Yeah. Um, and there are really amazing opportunities mm -hmm. as well to build relationships you know, when am I going to get an opportunity to, to get my photo taken with Sambia or, mm -hmm. you know, like different people and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, maybe I spent 30 seconds shaking his hand and smiling for a photo, but you never know if that could spark a conversation. You know, you never know if, if somebody that you meet just walking around on the show floor, you have a great conversation with about something while you're waiting in line or right. while you're looking at a product and things like that. You get, exposed to so many people um at these shows or the people that are working at the booth you never know mm -hmm. if if a line is looking for a brand ambassador you know you could talk to them and, and a lot of times they'll be like oh are you on social media and you know if you pull out your phone and you're like oh yes i am and here and then they follow you you never know who runs the pr you know, they could be somebody that's at the booth there too. So I really, really, really hope that hair should. I do, I do too. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just oh, like, no, I'm no, trying I to like figure it, it out. Like, like yeah. everyone else right now is like, what is going to happen? How? I know there's so many things to consider. Like when we were, I'm I'm working with bridal hair by Natalie, and mm -hmm. you know, to do these in person classes, we're going to do two. And you know, one of the things that we had to think about was okay are people going to feel comfortable coming and sitting? How many people can we put in a room? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you know, just even like looking for salons where it's like, okay, let's look at space. How many people can we fit in that room? How close can we put them? Are people going to feel comfortable sitting mm -hmm. that closely to one another? You know, and it's, it's just a demo. It's not a hands-on thing. So it's like, okay, people are going to have to sit closer together. They're not going to be as spaced out working on somebody, working on an adult. It's like, there's so many little things that go into it. And I it's just, like, oh, life is so hard these days. Why can't it just go back to being beforehand where it's like 50 people in a room? Fuck it. Put the chairs out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. I kind of wonder how that is. I guess I look at it with the mentality of we're all adults. <laughs> if you <laughs> don't too. feel yeah. well, don't come and maybe let us know. Like, I mean, if you yeah. can give somebody an out, like, hey, if, if you don't feel good or if you do test positive and you want refunded, like we can work something out. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. People want their money back if they can't attend or get sick. And, and yeah. so to me, it's like, if you're not feeling well and you have active signs of being sick, like don't go or yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I mean, I just, I feel like if you feel perfectly fine, then there shouldn't be really too much of an yeah. issue. And, but, and to, you know, people making the consideration of, do I want to attend you, kind right. of thing? It's like, well, you know, like you said, like you're an adult, like yeah, are you willing to yeah. make that risk yeah. literally everything in life is filled with inherent risk you know yes. walking down the street yeah. you know you could step off the curb and get hit by a car you know like there's so much yeah. like you have to weigh do you are you continuing to even see clients and what yeah. are you doing to mitigate you know yourself and exposure are you willing to make it and so we kind of came down to it where it's like look 
we're going to do everything we can to make it as safe as possible. Exactly. But people are going to either choose to come because they feel comfortable or choose not to come because they don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Life has to continue. Life has to continue. 100%. A hundred percent. Yes. Not not to downplay, you know, the severity of, of any of it, but it's like at some point you kind of have to make a choice for yourself. And and that choice needs to be your own. You oh, know, yeah. and it, it needs to be what you feel comfortable with because it's your life. You're the one who's in charge of it. You're the one who is gonna yeah. suffer the consequences. So you need to be the one responsible for making that decision for yourself. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to get vaccinated and a show requires you to be vaccinated, well, then don't go. Don't don't go. <laughs> yeah. It sucks, yeah. but it's a choice and you decided, okay, I I'm willing to sacrifice certain things to make the choice yeah. that feels best for me. So yeah. I feel like it's kind of just at the point where where we are um, as an industry where it's like, okay, some people are going to require certain things, whether you agree with it or not. It is what it is. You can't change it. You don't know what their motivation is. Maybe that's just what they strongly believe, or maybe it's their insurance company being like, you can get food for millions. The insurance company part. I've, yeah, I didn't really think about that too much. And that is a huge, that is a huge one. Um, Mm -hmm. So everyone's just trying to cover their butts at this point and you just have to respect it as well as you can. And um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So. Well, so where do you kind of see um, your career going from from here uh, now that you kind of have both paths in front of you with the mm-hmm. weddings and with educating and stuff like that? Sounds like you have some really cool, fun things um, ahead for us that I'm looking forward to what uh, on the educating side of things. Um, do you plan to, you know, continue pursuing that? And do you continue to, or plan to continue to keep working with brides for as long? What are you, what are kind of like your long-term goals? Um, yeah, I am planning on doing everything I'm doing right now. Um, maybe I'm really trying to dip my not dip my toes. I'm really trying to book up on Fridays, mm-hmm. um, specifically for the coming year. Uh, I had seen your thing around Black Friday about don't offer discounts, and I've always <laughs> been a firm believer in that as well. But like for uh-huh. me, I was like, I'm gonna try it for Fridays because I really wanted to. I really want to get my books filled. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, it doesn't work if anyone's listening, but, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that again next year, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And you don't want to discredit your, your own self, but for me, I'm like, well, I just really want to book a wedding. I don't really care. Um, uh-huh. and then I ended up, yeah. So I really am going to focus on that for 2022. I want to get brides in my, in my chair on Fridays. Um, uh-huh. And then that way I can even like take off some Saturdays and not feel bad about it. Um, And yeah. And then educating and hopefully getting some more, I really want to figure out more of the influencer world, just like promoting, doing those things um, authentically and like trying to figure out 
where I can go down that avenue. Um, I know I've been doing it for a little while, but I just wasn't pursuing it the way that I could have been with working full time. I didn't really have the time yes. for it. So definitely want to to go down that avenue. Definitely want to get more involved in TikTok, YouTube, all the things, internet, like social media. Um, and also, you know, maybe creating an online platform for education. I've been trying to do that, I feel like, for five years, and I haven't uh-huh. really – I've just been pushing it and pushing it because uh-huh. it's so much work. Once you It get is a time suck. <laughs> oh, my God. Once you start getting into it, everyone's uh, like, yeah. yeah, you have to hear your voice all the time, and you have to, like – sit there and nitpick and and edit and it's it is so time consuming Um, it is very worth it financially if you can get the people you know if you can get stylists to to purchase stuff but Mm -hmm. again with so many other people out there like just kind of giving all of their knowledge out on social media without any kind of uh payment plan and all that it, it can be it can be hard. Again, that is where your career can set you apart too, though, just yeah. with different things that you've accomplished. Yeah. I so. think a really important part of it is just kind of really finding your voice yeah. um, and uh, really being like, well, this is me and this is what sets me apart and owning it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did a podcast episode. I, I think it'll end up coming out a week after this one does um, with Mer- uh, Renee Marie. Yeah. And um, we talked a lot and that was kind of like the topic of it was, you know, becoming an educator and, and branching out in those kinds of things um, and and what what goes into it. And yeah, it is. It's so much work. I think the only reason I ever took the leap and was like, I'm going to do this was because mm-hmm. of COVID because yeah. I was literally out of work for three months. I was like, I could do this. I have time. But yeah. I totally, I started out trying to do like the updos and things like that. And I was like, this is so much more work. Fuck. I'm just going to talk about business. Yeah. <laughs> like one, cause I feel like that's really where I stand out. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, as as an educator in what I can talk for hours and hours and hours about, which is why I started this podcast, um, you know, because I, that's what I love. But I also really love like educating with the, the practical and the pretty side of things and stuff too. But I'm just like, man, I don't want to do an online hair course. Mm-hmm. I would so much more rather do in-person classes and, mm-hmm. and like do one-on-ones or do hands-on classes or even just like do demo classes and stuff like that because um, the energy is different and because I don't have to stare at my own face and I don't have to edit. It's a lot of work, even just editing a podcast. Like I feel like a lot of people have started podcasts in the beauty industry in the last year or whatever, and then they've just kind of like just fallen off the map because they're doing other things because it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And like I, I recorded – the episode with Renee like a couple of weeks ago and it's not going to come out for quite a while. This one that we're recording today is not going to come out for, you know, several weeks. Yeah. Like there's so much post-production work that kind of goes into everything. It's like, wow, even just doing this, Mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of work that goes into the production side of things as an educator. And when you're just starting out and you don't have a production team, like Mm -hmm. that just sucks up so much time. So much time. Yeah, it's like the people who have these big successful YouTube channels and stuff like that. It's like, mm, 
how do you have that much time? It's like you they're literally... successful for a reason. Yeah, yeah they, and they put their time into it. And I, I hope people give <laughs> YouTube creators the respect they deserve because it's yes. hard. <laughs> it really is. I tried it like like 10 years ago something like that um don't look me up uh, <laughs> as a makeup artist and yeah I was like there is just there's so much involved to it. it I could never get my camera to film properly and all this kind of stuff I'm like I if I had like a camera crew and like a post-production crew like shit I would get on there I would just sit there and I would just talk and just be like okay you take the footage put it together for me please I don't have to stare at my own face again I don't mm-hmm. have to edit I don't have to listen to my voice over and over again that would mm-hmm. be great you know, but I, mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money to put into it. It's expensive to hire production crews. So the people who can do it and do it successfully, oh, my God, hats off. Oh, All yeah. the respect in the world. It is a real job, and they deserve to be making uh, big bucks for it. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. It's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Um, I hope everybody who has listened has enjoyed it. Um, Before uh, we sign off, if you want to just kind of go over again where people can find you online so that they can make sure that they are following you. um, And then um, if there's anything in particular that you kind of want to shout out and, and let people know about what's coming up. Uh, now's the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Um, so I am Carolee again with Carolee Styles, and you can find any of the pages I talked about today on um, Instagram. So Sam Via, Salon Centric, uh, Jenny Stravey with Air Professional. Um, and I really appreciate you guys listening. I'm based out of Dayton, Ohio. So if you are a bride or a client that needs to book wedding hair, you can find me online and book me for 2022. Book me for Fridays because I am busy on Saturdays. There we go. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you again so much. And you guys all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks so much, Suzanne, for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.